God, we got lots of questions for you. There's a lot we don't understand. But I, I think the, out of all of them, it gets really deep when we just want to know you and it feels like we can't. So, man, we need you this morning. And I just really ask and pray that out of your great love for each of us in this room, that you might just um, meet each of us right where we're at. At the depth, I love that psalm that says we're deep. Enters into the deep. And we need you to come into the deep places of our hearts right now. Thanks for a chance to gather, to discuss, to think, to seek, to receive. And I just pray you'd give us the grace to be able to receive uh, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, man, I wasn't ready for my wife to share. I know all that story, but uh, didn't know how that would hit me again, even though I got to live most of that with her. Um, You guys, everybody goes through this. That song that Mike just sang, he wrote that. See, that was Mike's way of expressing his deal. Let me just think out loud for a minute. You know, sometimes I don't believe. Sometimes I read and it makes no sense to me. Sometimes I go to bed and I wonder what, I mean, just, it's just, uh, it's all over the place. I love the title of that song is called Thinking Out Loud and how critical, you guys, it is. I just want to tell you, you're going to hit me last night, how critical it is that we think out loud and how different it is. This is what's weird to me, how different it is when you sit with your thoughts in your head and when you actually express them. Isn't it? Because right now, you all, I do. I mean, we all have thoughts and questions and things that are all stuck in here. And you can you imagine if we all just thought out loud? We would all think everybody should go to the loony bin. I think we would all, like, we would all freak out if we knew what everybody else was thinking, even though we're all thinking those things. And it's critical that we think out loud. And also with God, that's the other thing I realized. What's amazing to me is I can sit with my thoughts inside my head And even though God knows those thoughts, it is not until in my own will I will actually, in my heart, expose my thoughts to God that something happens. And that's why we did the series. Because we wanted to give you a chance to be honest with Him because it's really, really critical that we do that. As we've done every week, let me just really quickly share with you some of the questions that came up on our website uh, so you can know why we're doing this today. How can I get to know God really? The time I spend reading the Bible or praying seems so one-sided. Anybody relate? Like an analysis, not a conversation. I, I, I've been there. And I, but I, I want to tell you through today, your time in the Word does not have to be analysis. It can be conversation. But it's hard when it is. Sometimes I worry that I'm not really connected to God I'd like to feel a very close relationship with him. Sometimes I feel like God has stopped listening to me. How can I get his attention again? 
There's another one. I've always been a positive person, but lately I feel like I'm drowning. Why do I have to struggle? I just want to live peacefully. I have a wonderful relationship with my kids, but it seems like everything else around me is crumbling. My family doesn't understand me. My friends are gone. I'm barely making ends meet, and I just lost my last relationship. Am I being punished? I don't understand. I thought if I kept pressing on through all the pain in the last four years, it would get better. I'm doing the best I can. Can you hear me? How are we supposed to have a personal relationship with Jesus when he often doesn't talk back and he left the Holy Spirit in his stead on Pentecost? God, I'm searching my heart and soul to find you. I know from the depths of my heart that you are true and amazing, that you want me to find you. If you want me to find you like I hear so many Sundays that you do, why do I have a hard time knowing when you are with me and knowing I'm living for you? I try not to worry and let you take my worries, but I struggle because I don't know if you are with me, if I've found you. Help me. I want to know your presence in my life. If you love the world so much, why is it that so few people really seem to experience your love? Why will you not listen to me? I could really use your help. I always hate this when this happens. (laughs) That's enough. Um, The last one just said, why all the mystery? Oh, you guys, I just, I think, you know, um, see, like being a pastor... Oh, I did a wedding last night. You know, you get to experience the greatest joys of people's lives. And then you get to know all the crap. There's a lot of it, isn't there? So sometimes, <clears throat> I'll get over this in a second. Um, but sometimes when we jump into something like this, it's just all too real for me, I guess. And Because uh, I just know, like for me, to feel close to God is the most euphoric experience in all of life. It really is. I mean, sex is awesome. And it's totally different when you make love. And there is no more intimate thing that you can do with another human being. And I'm telling you, When you know God that intimately and you experience him to that end, holy smokes, there's nothing, including sex, nothing in this world that comes close to the euphoria of knowing God that closely. And what hit me is I wonder if on the flip side, when you sense that he's not there, I think it can be the most despairing experience. And I wonder if the the depth of experiencing him also makes the lack of experiencing him more excruciating. Does that make sense? Like I was sitting there thinking about Jesus. Did anybody know the Father more intimately? I mean, was there anyone who knew the euphoria of being one more than Jesus? No, there's not. 
And what's always intrigued me is through all the physical pain that he went through, all the rejection, being spit on, being beaten, having thorns crushed into his head, nailed up to the cross, all of that that he went through from us, he never cried out one time. And the only time Jesus Christ cried out is when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? That was the worst thing for him, was to have God be far away. David, who we're going to look at here in a second, was called the man after God's own heart, man. If you need a boost in your faith, just go back and read David. His story is unbelievable. The things he experienced and the intimacy that he had with God was unbelievable. And then we're going to see. So I'm wondering if, man, because he knew God so much that when he didn't feel God, did it hurt even more? And, um, and I do, I have. I have tasted the reality of God in my life, and I don't care what anybody says. That's why I said this is not an intellectual pursuit. This is a relational pursuit. And the intimacy and the change that Jesus Christ has made in my life, no one can take away from me. And so when I was in ministry for like four or five years, and then all of a sudden I, I went through a, a two-year, mine wasn't as long as, but like a two-year period trying to do ministry and not sensing God. I remember taking a long walk one night and just saying to him, man, God, it'd be great to feel you again. <laughs> that initial high was awesome. I would love to feel you once again. It's kind of, it might help me with what I do. Um, I remember laying in my bed probably about 10 years ago and not even being able to get up. And in the depth of why I couldn't get out of bed was because God made no sense to me at all. And what I realized through that time was, wow, you really are my life. Because when you're not there, I got, it feels like I got nothing. And I realized how desperate I was for him. So I just want you guys to know, it's like, this is just, Jesus felt it, David felt it, I feel it, my wife, everybody feels it. And if you've never read the Psalms, you need to read the Psalms. If you ever struggle with why God feels so far away, man, you just got to go there because, you know, we think the Psalms are, praise God, he's awesome, and, and that's in there. Uh, but I'm telling you, half of what's in the Psalms is, where in the world are you? We're going to read Psalm 13. It's up on the screen. This is David, the man after God's own heart. King of Israel, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? <laughs> you ever felt like that? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? <sighs> Come on, God, look on me and answer. Oh, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say that I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. So you guys, here's David. And he, what's, why Psalms are so important is he teaches us, I think, how to engage with God when he feels so far away. God, don't forget me. See, because when when, if someone forgets you, right, doesn't it feel like they don't care? You, you forgot, you don't know my name, <laughs> you know? Uh, you just, you forgot me. You don't remember, uh, you don't care. Hide your face. 
See, often you'll see in the Old Testament, his face shines upon you. It's a, it was a sign of blessing and of intimacy with God. And here's David flipping that around and saying, how long are you going to hide your face? There's no blessing. You're not close. I'm going to wrestle with my thoughts. <laughs> Anybody? I mean, that's what's amazing. I, I love how, I, I, absolutely. When he's far away, you start, you know, what is going on in your head? Like Mike said, my hound is, my, heart, my head is pounding. If you heard the song. I feel like my head's spinning like a washing machine. See, that's what was going on with David. Same thing. When God's far away, it doesn't make sense. You have sorrow in your heart all day long. It feels like life has beaten you up. And so look on me and answer me. So here's what I want to talk to you about. We're all there. We're all, if you're not there now, you're going, man, I should have gone to another church today. This is really depressing. <laughs> I was actually feeling pretty good until I walked into church. <laughs> um, but, but, but what do we do when we, when we feel this way? And that's what I want to talk to you about. And David answers. And this is what is an absolute... Mike and I were talking about this today, this week. We'd love to meet this guy. And go, how do you do this? But I'm telling you, this is the answer. And he, he, so he goes off and he, he, he laments to God. And then in verse 5, up on your screen, it says this. In the midst of all that, I trust in your unfailing love my heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't expect the guy who wrote the first four verses to say, you're good to me. But David had figured out a secret, and I think we need to figure it out as well. So the question I have as I think through this, for me personally, I'm looking, a lot of what I'm going to share with you today is, is the process I kind of go through as well when I'm feeling like this. The first thing that I have to uh, ask myself is what is true? What is true? And what is going to define reality for you and for me in that moment? When I don't feel close to God and he feels far away from me, what is going to define reality? Are my feelings going to define reality? If I feel sad, if I feel lonely, if I feel deceived, if I feel in despair, if I have tons of, is, is that because I feel those things, is that going to be the ultimate reality? Is my perception going to be reality, right? Because when something happens to you, automatically what we do is we perceive what we think is true. And our head goes, and we try to imagine what God's doing, right? And so we have this perception. And I, what I have found for myself is, I cannot, I'm a, I'm a feeler. Did anybody recognize that? Um, I, I told Susie, what would it be like to be a normal guy who doesn't feel as much? I just, I, I, uh, but I just, I, I feel things really strongly. And so when I feel things, I have to check myself really clearly and say, just because I feel it doesn't mean that it needs to be real. My feelings are real, but that doesn't have to define reality. And what I perceive to be going around does not have to define reality. So what's going to define my reality? And, um, and I love what in, in Rut's song, after every phrase, he ended it with, that's just me. Let me think out loud. I'm going through all, maybe that's just me. It's probably just me. Well, it is me. And so here's the question I have to go through. What do I feel? And be honest. Secondly, I have to say, in the midst of feeling that, what do I know? 
And then once I figure out what I know, and this is where it gets really tough, then I have to say, and what do I believe? What do I believe when I'm feeling like crap and God feels really far away? When they ask Jesus, they say, what are the good works that we got to do, Jesus, to get to heaven? He said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he sent. You guys, I'm going to tell you, what we're going to talk about today, I feel like is the work. This is the hardest part, I think, of what it is to follow Jesus and to know God intimately. Paul, to Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of the faith. And then in the second book of Timothy, he said, I have fought the good fight and I have kept the faith. See, I'm telling you, this is crisis right here, right now, and it's going to happen in all of our lives. You will go through crisis of faith, and you're going to feel things that are going to make you doubt and question, and they should. And that's okay, and that's why we do this series, and that's why I'm saying be as honest as you can be with God. But when you hit the crisis of faith, that's where you have to fight the good fight of the faith. And can you keep it? And it's really hard. But see, that's what David figured out. God, again, be honest. Can anybody, I mean, God's like, David all the time is honest with God. How long? How are you going to hide? How long are you going to hide your face from me? I feel like you don't give a rip about me. And I trust you. And I rejoice in your salvation and I will sing your praise. So let's look at those three things right there that David did and see how if we can make these true in our own life. The first thing, you guys, that you need to do when you feel like God is not close to you, Again, what's going to define your reality? What you feel or what you know to be true? And the first one is this. We have to trust in his unfailing love. We have to trust in his unfailing love. And when he feels far away, the last thing you feel is that he loves you. (laughs) So I'm doing this wedding last night, you know, and we're we're standing there. and, uh, And I get to, in this couple that Susie and I have been hanging out with, and it was so awesome. And just to be able to look at them and say, you guys, one of the greatest hopes that you have for your wedding is the love of God. Not your love. I don't know about you guys. Anybody in here, uh, like for me, if my marriage was based on my love, I feel like I'd be in deep trouble. Anybody else? Because my love ain't all that great, you know? Um, I can be very selfish and I can be very lazy and I can have all that kind of stuff. I need the love of God. And here's what I share with them about the love of God. It says that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, you got to, is that true? See, if that's true, then one of the things that tells me about his unfailing love is God does not say, hey, Nelson, get your crap together. I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry. But I'm just going to say it anyway. Nelson, get your crap together. And then once you get all that together, then I'm going to love you. If you feel like that, you are sorely mistaken. God says, I'm going to demonstrate my love for you. When you're a sinner and you don't meet my standard, that's when I die for you. Right before that, he says, at just the right time, when you were powerless and ungodly, that's when I love you. See, so when I'm in the midst of this thing and all of a sudden God's love feels far away (laughs) and I'm starting to doubt if he loves me, I need to go back to passages like that that tell me, wait a second though. God doesn't abandon me. God does never stops loving me. He can't love me more. He can't love me less. He is love and I'm his child. And I've got to trust in his unfailing love. Even when I don't feel it. 
Because I'm a human, and I doubt it, and I question it, and I don't know if it's there. But I have to get to the place where I believe what is true. And let me share with you um, the passage I go to immediately. And some of you have come to me, and, and, and whenever you're going through a really hard time and you're struggling with God, this is the first place I will take you every time. The last time this happened to me, I pulled this thing out, and I read it. I can't even count how many times. And I read it, and I read it. And I read it, just, I, I was pounding it in, pounded in, okay? It's Romans chapter 8, and it starts in verse 35. Let's read it together. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Can it? See, because when you feel like God's far away, you're like, absolutely, because he's not doing it right now. Doesn't mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry, or cold, or in danger, or threatened with death. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, and life can't. The angels can't, and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm telling you, man, there are so many times where I just, I don't believe that. There are so many times where in my personal experience and in my emotions and in my perception of what's going on, that is not true. And so what do I do? I can sit there and, and, and make reality what I feel and what I perceive, or I can go to God's word and say, but tell me what is true. And here's a guy who has gone through, Paul, who has gone through eons of more struggle and pain and suffering than I have even come close to. That guy, in fact, when he found Christ, Jesus looked at him and said, dude, you are going to suffer for me. Just going to let you know. And he did. And this is the guy who can write. And now, because of everything that I've been through, I'm convinced of one thing. Nothing can separate me from God's love. And you go, are you kidding me? Well, I'm telling you, if it can't separate Paul from God's love, Paul's no greater than you or me, and it can't separate him from our love either, and from his love either. And it's, you guys, again, nothing can separate us from Christ's love. And that's the key. It's not human love that says, you know what? You, didn't, you don't meet my standard anymore. And um, I know I loved you one day, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm done. See, that's human love. Human love says, you know, you're not, you're not really like me. And, um, and so you bug me. And so uh, that's it. <clears throat> I can't handle this anymore. See, we experience human love all the time. Christ's love says, you're not like me. Oh, you're powerless? You can do nothing for me? Just the right time. Just the right time for me to love you. See, that's the love we put our hope in. And then, I love where it says here, we have overwhelming victory in Christ who loved us. See, it's past tense. If you're ever questioning the love of God, then you always go back to the cross and you go, I can't believe, Jesus, that you would die for me. Even when I could care less about you. When I was running away from you when I lived a life that I know completely was an opposite of what you wanted me to do, you would die for me. 
See, that's what we got to hang into. And then somehow, if you're not convinced what I do as I go, at least somebody else was. (laughs) And sometimes we lean on each other's faith. I call people when I don't believe who believe. And I say, just talk to me. (laughs) Just tell me what is true. Don't try to fix me. Please don't ever. The fixing thing is not your job, okay? Don't you all hate it when people try to fix you? Don't fix each other. But I do need someone to tell me what's true. Just tell me what's true about God. So what is real and what is true? And for me, one of the things that David knew that I'm trying to know when I'm in the midst of it and he feels so far away is his love for me is unfailing and I can know that because of Jesus Christ. And then you have a choice. You can choose to believe that or you can choose to believe that the circumstances and your emotions are true. And as we've been talking all series long, that choice is yours. All right? So that's the first thing he says, trust in his unfailing love. The second thing he said he does is he rejoices in his salvation. So David was saying, man, I rejoice in your salvation, God. And so what does that mean for us today, 2,000 years, who live after Jesus Christ? What does it mean to rejoice in our salvation? Can you, when you feel like he's far away, can you still rejoice in your salvation? Let me give you two verses here that would help me with that one. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Is God far away? Well, apparently at one time, yeah. (laughs) See, at one time, you who once were far away. So yes, can you be far away from God? Yes. Although, if you were here last week, in Acts 17, 27, it says, God created us so that men might seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. See, God is right there all the time. But sometimes, we're not. And so we can be far away. But if you were once far away, you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And you guys, I just I know for me, the other thing I have to believe when I feel like God is far away is I have to know that he's not. Doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter. He is not far away. Here's another way I know that. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 says this. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. And he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Let me just, just real quick, let me just show you why this works for me. It's God who makes us stand firm. It's not me. It's not up to my ability. It's not up to who I am and the work that I do. It is God who does this. And what does he do? He anoints us, which we, which we talked about a, few, about a month ago or so. He anoints us. That means he sets us apart for himself. He puts his seal of ownership on us. He says, you are mine. And then, this is my favorite part, and he put his spirit into our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, here's the point for me. So when I don't feel like God is close to me, what do I need to do? I need to go back here and say, no way. Because what God told me is when I believed in Christ and when I received him, he says, I was born of God. Not of human decision or of human will, but born of God. And it says he put his spirit into my heart. How much closer can God be than right here? Right here. And guaranteeing what is to come. 
It's never leaving. He says, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. In fact, here's David who had this amazing experience with God. And yet in the Old Testament, they never had the spirit of God inside their heart. And I do. And so what I do is, and and just, I'm telling you, this is the fight of faith. This is the good fight. What are you going to do? When all of a sudden you don't feel it and all calamity happens and stuff around you falls apart and you emotionally are in a mess and you can't feel like God is there, you say there's either one of two realities. Either my feelings and my perception are reality or God has put his spirit into my heart and he is with me and he'll never leave me or forsake me. He cannot be closer than that. I once was far away. I have been brought near to God because of Christ, period. And I'm telling you, it doesn't just go, oh, okay, great. I'm all better now. It doesn't work like that. It is a fight to believe. It's the work of God is to believe. And you have a choice again in which one you're going to do. So that's what hits me. In Galatians 5.25, it says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So you guys, so here's, here's, here's a couple things I just want to share with you on that one. If God is not far away from me, then why do I feel far away from him? Why does he feel far away from me? I think there are two options, okay? Let me share these really quickly with you. The first one is this, is he's not far away, but you have to ask the question, am I? If he's living inside my heart, then how come I don't feel close to him? Let me read for you a couple verses. Hebrews 3.12 says this, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. See, this is what's crazy, is God can be right here, and he again gives me the freedom to choose because it's all about love, and I can choose to have a sinful, unbelieving heart, and I can turn away from God. And so he says, see to it, you guys, that you don't do that. Don't have stuff in your heart that you know is against God. And if you're not believing and not trusting in him, engage with that honestly. Don't just turn away from him. And then James 4, 8 says this, come near to God and God will come near to you. You sinners, that would be all of us. Clean sin out of your lives. You who are trying to follow God and the world at the same time, make your thinking pure. So I just want to tell you this right now. I know that any time when all of a sudden God feels really far away, that the first thing I need to ask myself is, am I far away? God, is there anything in my heart that is sinful? Is there any pattern in my life right now that I'm living out that I know doesn't please you and I'm expecting for you to feel close to me and yet I can walk in complete opposite of how you want me to live? And you know what the Bible says? What fellowship can light have with darkness? What fellowship can light have with darkness? None. Can I, I, I'm going to say something as a pastor of this church, if I can, real quick. This is, I wasn't even planning on this, but it just hit me, and I'm going to go ahead and share this. Um, I hear often, and nobody ever tells me this because I'm the pastor, um, but I hear often um, people who have real concern with the drunkenness that happens in this church. Uh, from those of you who um, really follow Jesus. And I just, I, just, I just, every time I hear that, I just need to 
I don't even know who you are, which is a good thing, because I'm, that's right, that's part of our pledge. I'm not going to sit here and talk behind your back. So I don't know who you are, but I want to tell you this. If, if you want to be really close with Jesus, and yet when we get together with each other, we get drunk with each other, you guys know that's not going to happen. He's just not going to partake in that. He, he just says that. Don't be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. It's your choice. And would you, I, I, th- I just want to encourage each other. If you're in those atmospheres, I know the hardest thing is you don't want to be the prude and say, come on, boys and girls, stop. You know? And you guys know this too. We don't even have a problem with drinking here at all. Jesus didn't, so I guess we shouldn't. You know? <laughs> so I guess we're okay there. But the drunkenness thing he had a problem with. See, it's little things like that where we think, I want to be really close to God and get wasted at the same time. You know? Jesus was a rebel, me too. You know? Um, I want God in my life and I'm going to be involved sexually outside of marriage. He understands, man. I, I struggle. You know, he understands my struggle. Yes, he does. And he also has power to help you. And you always have heard me say here, it doesn't mean that we can't fall into sin. It doesn't mean I can't fall into it. But I'm telling you this. When you fall into it, what you do is immediately turn to God, immediately, and say, God, I agree with you, because that's all confession is. I agree with you that that was wrong, and it was sin. And then you receive his forgiveness, and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And then the Holy Spirit can enter back in. He's not, he doesn't leave, but the closeness, because you can grieve the Spirit, and you can quench his fire, and you can choose not to keep in step with God. And I just want to encourage you, some of you are longing to be close with God, and I know you are. And the truth is, he's right there. In fact, if you've received him, he hasn't left you, he never will. But if you're choosing not to keep in step with the Spirit, you are not going to be close to God. It's just not going to, he's not going to do it both ways. He's holy, and he wants us to be that way too. So the first thing you need to check is, if God's not close to me, is there something in my life that maybe has turned him, where I have turned away? And always remember the prodigal son, right? You run home anytime, and his arms will be open wide. Your sin's already been paid for, so take advantage of that. That's what I always tell myself, all right? So that could be one of the reasons. The second thing, though, is sometimes I'll look at my life and I'll go, man, I just, I'm never perfect. I know that, but I don't think there's any consistent sin in my life. I don't think that's the issue, God. And this has been the toughest one for me. Is sometimes we feel far away from God. Um, and he's not. But sometimes God is silent. Sometimes he doesn't speak. And I don't know if I know anybody who's really walked with Jesus for a really long time seriously who hasn't gone through this. St. John of the Cross called it the dark night of the soul. <laughs> Mother Teresa said she felt it for years. I felt it. Susie's felt it. Most people feel this. And you guys, here's what's going on. Sometimes when God feels far away from you, you know what he's doing? He's loving you. And it never feels like it. Look at these verses. James 1, 2. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lack nothing. 
And as someone who seeks after God, I know no trial or hardship that's more intense than feeling like he's not there. <laughs> to have him not speak, to have him not be close. And what's interesting is it, it says, when that's happening, when that trial, I think, happens, one of the things you can know is he's testing your faith. And what's weird to me about this is sometimes I feel like what God says is, you know what? You actually don't really believe in me. You believe in your emotions. Dude, I did youth ministry. This is classic youth ministry. If you're, if you're a student here today, what can happen is you can have a religious emotional experience and it's like, oh my gosh, God is so real. I, I, my first retreat I ever did in Ohio, we took 42 kids on a ski retreat. 40 of them received Christ. I was like, What? You know, I, I went back in my office on Monday, and they came down. They were wearing Jesus headbands at school, you know. They were praying in the halls. I mean, they were totally freaking everybody out because they had this emotional experience. You know, a year later, I think like eight of them were left. You know why? Because the emotional experience doesn't last. It's, it, it doesn't. Anybody married? I mean, how many of you live in euphoria with your spouse every day? I love you. <laughs> I, I, it's, just, it's, just not, it's just not meant that way. See, love is so much deeper, and I think some guy, some, sometime God tests your faith, and he says, do you actually believe in me, or do you like to feel good? <laughs> I want you to believe in me. I want you to know me. And God takes us to deeper depths, just like love in a marriage. When you love, when the feelings aren't there, is it deepens your marriage. God does the same thing to us. When God does this to me, and I've done it, I, I tell you, he has busted me so many times. Um, Hebrews 12 is the passage I live on. And if you're there, you might want to just cling to it. And it says this, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? And if you are not disciplined, not, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. <laughs> Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. If you've been here ever, you, you, I've shared this so many times, and I, some of you, we always have new people. Uh, 20 years into my walk, 15 into ministry, I was laying on my face prostrate before God, just saying, I'm done. And God does that kind of stuff every once in a while. <laughs> and all I could hear him whispering in my ear was, keep going. And again, I'm a sports guy. And I just felt like my spiritual coach, God, was saying, I want you to be all pro, Nelson. Nobody makes it all pro except the guys who give it everything they've got. And sometimes the coach makes you do what you don't want to do so that you can become who you want to be. Tom Landry, if anybody needs to know. <laughs> I think God sometimes says, I'm going to have you do what you don't want to do and experience what you don't want to experience so that you can become who I want you to become. And when I'm in that moment, I have a choice. He doesn't love me. That's what I feel. He doesn't care about me. That's what I feel. 
It's what I think. I've done something. He's so displeased with me. He's taken his favor from me. God, I hate it when I feel that. I hate it when I feel that. What's true? Jesus Christ on the cross took all of God's wrath that he had towards me so that God never has to turn his back on me again. I have favor with God, not because of me, but because of Christ. And he will never leave me or forsake me, and he lives inside of me. Now, if I'm walking in sin, just like a good father, mm, you know, not going to just let you do that. And maybe I need to repent and come back to God. And maybe he's just loving me and helping to deepen my faith. What's real? My feelings, my perception, or what he says is true. You know what? I don't know. I probably got 40 years, I hope, if I can stay healthy till I die. And I know it's going to be 40 more years of our little tagline, an adventure with God. And that adventure is going to have some more great highs, and it's going to have some more incredible lows. I'm going to feel incredibly intimate with Jesus, and I'm going to feel like he doesn't care about me. And I personally am going to seek all that I can to believe I'm going to fight the fight. I want to say like Paul said, I have fought the fight, and I have kept the faith. And I think if we will, if we can choose that, you guys, then you're going to know God. Unlike you didn't know you could know him before. So Mike, Ben, you guys want to come on up? What we're going to do to close our service is what David said he did. The very last thing he said is, I'm going to trust in your unfailing love. I am going to rejoice in your salvation. And then he says, and I'm going to sing to the Lord, for he's been good to me. Can I just tell you, what do you do? Can I just why this band's getting ready? You know what else you guys do? What you need to do when you're really feeling this? Is there some things that you can do? I'm just going to bust them. One of the things you can do is praise him. I'm telling you, when you don't feel like it, praise him. If he feels far away from you now, David said, I can't, I, you, you, I can't even see your face, so I'm going to sing praise to you. See, that's a choice that you can make. It's just like when you go home and you don't feel like loving your spouse, you don't feel like loving your kids, you can just go with your feelings and end up being a jerk. Or you can choose to love. And the same thing's true with God. So you can praise him, you can worship him, you can draw near to him. I'm telling you, that's the other thing. When God doesn't feel close to us, what's the last thing you want to do? Go spend any time with him, right? Why would I want to go spend my time with God? He doesn't listen to me anyway. I'm telling you, that is when you need to draw near to God. (laughs) Because he says, you come near to me, I'll come near to you. And then when you get near to him, be as honest with him as you can. And so what we're going to do, the last thing we're going to do is, um, he said, uh, the other thing I want you to do is I want you to remember me. Because you're probably forgetting me when you're feeling like this. So I want you to remember me. And he said, the way that you can remember me is that you can take communion. And I want you to take the body of Christ, the bread, and I want you to remember that I broke it for you. (laughs) I broke my body for you. You don't think I love you? Do not forget what I've done for you. Don't forget what I've done for you. So as often as you do this, remember me. So when we, we're going to take communion, and when you get the bread and you hold that thing, you remember, no matter how you feel, God gave his life for you. Then the second thing, he says, and don't forget, because you're going to think that I don't love you anymore. And you're going to think that maybe you've done something that's too bad and, you, and, and, and you're not forgiven. 
man, when you hold the cup, he said, you do this and you remember this. I shed my blood for you. And you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. All of your sin is forgiven. Receive it today. Confess it if you need to and get clean with God. And he'll come close again to you. So before we do that, um, Mike uh, wrote another song. That, that, um, and it was so funny. So this week, I'm, I'm totally prepping this message. I'm looking at Psalm 13. I get on our, 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 our planning center thing that we have. And I, I, I look to see what worship we're doing. And in one of the songs is a new one that, that Mike's going to do for right now. And it's, it's uh, Psalm 13. <laughs> is that not cool? <laughs> I called him immediately. I'm like, are you kidding me? And, um, and again, I'll, I'll let Mike just share real quick. But um, just again... This, this reality of that sometimes God can feel far away, but let's worship him and praise him and draw near to him, and he'll draw near to us. So.